0: Hi there, you're back. Thanks for finding Blitzin' with Bubblegum. Yep, this is football stuff and I am Bubblegum. Well, let's get right to it. Uh, you know, I have a confession to make. I tried to do too much after week one, uh, recapping every team in the NFL. It was information overload. And, and when I reviewed it, it, as a listener, I went, oh, yetch. I almost barfed. I'm not just going to do that anymore. All the stats and all who won and who lost and who had this kind of a percentage out there, well, it's in Google land for you to discover. And there are a lot of people out there a lot smarter than me who've been doing this since forever as a career. So if you want all of that real deep football um, percentage stuff, except for one at the end of this podcast, then Google it. Um, I like the stats, but that's not why I love football. And um, to me, if you've been listening, you know it's all about the people who play or are involved in the game in some capacity. That's what I like to discover and share with you. Yeah, some of it may not be news to you, but for me and some of you, it will be new. And hopefully what I can shed um, on it is some light on the human side of the game that we all love. So I'm going to pick a division each week and talk about what excites me in that conference. Um, And today, well, actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a conference each week. Uh, The divisions aren't really going to matter because I'm going to talk about that conference, um, about a few notable teams and players that really stood out to me. And uh, don't forget, I'm an NFC girl, so I have to throw in a tidbit or two about them. Bear with me. So let's talk about the week. Week two was plagued by injuries on all sides of every division in each conference, along with something that was pretty bad, and that was a game ejection for unnecessary roughness helmet-to-helmet by Seahawks safety Kawandre Diggs. Now, the Patriots wide receiver, Keneal Henry, caught a pass on third down late in the first quarter and was immediately hit hard by Diggs, helmet to helmet. That's not good, Diggs. You let your team down, and more importantly, when you do that, you let yourself down. But I want to talk about a young QB, Oregon's Justin Herbert, rookie QB for the Los Angeles Chargers. He came into the game against the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, when the Chargers' starting quarterback, Tyrone Taylor, uh, he went down with an injury to his chest. And you know what? This young man was up to the task, and he made history. The 22-year-old Herbert went out against the defending champs and finished 22 for 31 for, listen to this, for 300 yards and a touchdown. He also added 18 yards and a score on the ground. Herbert also averaged, I think it was right around 4.5 yards per rush and scored a touchdown on four carries. With a game like that, young Herbert sent a profound and loud message, I think, to the NFL about his future. And with that performance, he became just the third player. I looked this up the third player in the 101-year history of the NFL, to pass for more than 300 yards and have a rushing touchdown in their debut. That's pretty impressive. The other two, you know who they were? Otto Graham in 1950 and, wait for it, Cam Newton in 2011. Now, he came into the NFL as a sixth overall pick in the draft, having been named the MVP of the 2020 Rose Bowl when the Ducks defeated Wisconsin 28-27. to 27. I wish I knew more about this, but I did know this from uh, the draft night and from looking it up. He's not only a talented athlete, but his college GPA was a 4.0, the highest you can get, with a major in science. Now, I'm not trying to diss or diminish the talent and the great potential of the number one draft pick, Joe Burrow, in Cincinnati with the Bengals. But with all the attention going north to Ohio, Herbert quietly and efficiently held off the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, and Mahomes in the first half. In my thinking, that's pretty darn impressive. And you know, maybe it's a Northwest thing where I grew up. Um, learned to love the rain, the umbrellas, mud puddles. It just felt like football weather up there. Loved our flannels and Big Ting logo sweatshirts. Or maybe it was rooting for the Washington Huskies back in the day. And later the WSU Cougs and the teams across the Columbia River in Oregon, the feisty little beavers and the consistent Oregon Ducks. I had sweatshirts and hats for all of them, depending on who I knew, whose relative or kids played for one of those teams, including my sister's boys who played for Washington State University. But it doesn't matter. None of that really matters, because this rookie, and hopefully, he's going to be something special, and he won't have to sit behind Taylor forever. Uh-oh, and this is hot news. I just saw this right off the NFL um, Network. I'm going to read it. Ian Rapoport of the NFL no- Network is reporting that Taylor could once again miss action this Sunday, forcing Lynn to turn Herbert out one more time. According, now, Listen to this. This is bizarre. According to reports, Taylor was dealing with a rib injury last week and an injection of painkiller by a team doctor resulted in a punctured lung, forcing him to miss week two, hence the opening for Herbert. Due to the complications from the injection, Taylor is now unlikely to be 100% healthy for the team's upcoming game with the Panthers, and more importantly, he could miss another three weeks. Opportunity is knocking on Herbert's door let's see if it gets opened. The next quarterback I want to talk about in the AFC is one of my favorites, and I've been watching him since last year when he burst onto the scene, Gardner Minshew of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's one of my favorites to watch. Minshew transferred from East Carolina into guess where? (laughs) Washington State University and the Cougars football team. And after being drafted into the NFL, he became a rookie to watch in 2019. And I was one of those rookies. I mean, one of those watchers. Excuse me. That guy is 24 years old, and he did show his chops in week one of the 2020 season by winning against the Colts. Through the first two weeks, he has completed... I think this is pretty darn good for a rookie. 49 of 65 passes for a total of 512 yards with six touchdowns and two interceptions. He and the Jags are my pick for Thursday night game against the Dolphins. Now both the Jags and the Dolphins are in a rebuilding situation, but I really believe the spunky Jags seem to have a leg up on the Dolphins and I predict them. My predictions after two weeks uh, for who's going to win are 2-0, and 0, so I'm at batting 100%. But there are plenty of weeks left for me to pick the wrong team, so stay tuned for that to see how I do. Now, I cannot leave this podcast without a word or two about my Seahawks and the Patriots. This is one of those bear-with-me moments where I show my 12 pride. I can't start off without saying, Russell Wilson was phenomenal under the starry Seattle skies. I hope he starts getting what he deserves and at least a wink or two toward MVP. But let's see if he can keep this up. Cam Newton. He looked and performed great in the Patriot system. And you know what? I'm really happy for him as he displayed a little bit of the super cam he once was. And I personally hope he keeps it up. Newton rallied New England late and proved the potency of his arm. But you know what I liked better than his deep throws? Or the fact that he's six foot five and weighs over 250 pounds, and how do you block him? What I liked the most was his relationship that I saw with Julian Edelman. Julian ended up with 161 yards in seven receivings. Newton and the Pats are the real deal. The Seahawks were just better that Sunday. And here comes my favorite stat, the point differential percentage. After week two, here are the leading teams. Baltimore plus 49, Green Bay plus 30. The losers, this is really sad. I can almost... um, Forgive the Houston Texans because of their schedule. But at the bottom of the heap at negative 31 after week two, I gotta say this is a big hole to dig out of. The next best losers, well, there's a tie with both the Jets and the Eagles at negative 28. And I don't know why I'm mentioning it, but it's the Browns and they're at negative 27. So thanks for stopping by with Blitzing with Bubblegum. I'm glad you're here. And may all your teams win, except when they play my Seahawks. Thanks for checking in. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.